We are in a series called Conversations, and the idea behind this is that uh, oftentimes we have questions for God, and you might have had a question or two for God. As a matter of fact, you might be just coming back to church now because you didn't have a question answered very well uh, maybe a few years ago, and so you left, and, and, uh, and so now you're kind of just tiptoeing back in and ch- checking it out, and so we're glad you're here as well. Um, but, uh, we, you know, when you, you look at the news, it's pretty easy, pretty uh, simple to kind of ask God sometimes, where, where, where were you? You know, what, what's going on? Or why did this happen? Or how did Floyd Mayweather win? I, you know, whatever, you're, uh, whatever it is, um, that, that these are things that, uh, that we have questions for God. And so the thing is, the Bible has questions for us too. And so God doesn't ask us questions to trap us. And he doesn't ask us questions to shame us. He asks us questions to have a conversation so that we can get to know each other a little better than we already do. And so what we've been doing each week is we've been going over um, some of these questions that God asks us. And last week, Nate uh, filled in, uh, did a fantastic job. I'd encourage you to get the podcast if you missed it. But Nate asked the question, uh, or or at least uh, had uh, repeated the question that Jesus said, who do you say that I am? And so... um, We've had, uh, we've had a, a bunch of different questions, and, um, and so this morning, what we're going to talk about is anger, and uh, God has a question specifically about anger, and the thing is, um, all of you will probably get angry about something this week. And, and, and anger comes in a bunch of different forms. So, like, you might get cut off on the freeway, right? And so all of a sudden, you just, you just maybe blurt out, you know, I love you, or whatever, uh, you, you know, whatever you blurt out, you know, because you're a Christian, you know, so you're going to blurt nice things out. Um, uh, so that just kind of comes out, you know. Uh, it, it's just, like, ra- rapid fire, and you might go, oh, man, I, I shouldn't have said I loved you, or whatever it is, or I shouldn't have, you know leaned on the horn for a minute and a half. I mean, maybe just 45 seconds. Uh, but, but whatever it is, there's kind of this outburst. And so that's one type of anger. And then we'll probably all experience something like that this week. Um, uh, if you're a Dodger fan, it's probably, it's all the time now, I guess. But, um, uh, but th- there's another kind of anger. And this is the one we're going to talk about this morning. And this is the slow burn. This is the anger that starts off maybe with just a thought. Like, why did, why did they say that to me? Or why, why, why did they look at me like that? And that's just, that's just the beginning. That's just the birth of the anger. Then we start going, because I don't deserve that, <laughs> you know. I didn't, I didn't do anything to them. And the other thing is, why do, they, why do they wear that lipstick? I hate it. And, you know, another thing, and it begins to grow. You know, the Bible calls this... Um, uh, kind of describes what happens if we don't get a hold of that anger. And the the way it it uses really picturesque language and says, be careful that no root of bitterness will take hold. And that's what happens. You begin to, you you get offended or, or in some cases, um, it's not just an offense. It's something really bad. Um, It's something that happened to you as a kid that you were victimized and you had no control over it. And so it, th- th- these things begin, and they start, and they, they sit around, and they grow, and they fester. And you start using different language, the language of anger, I, I call it. And um, so, so like some of the language of anger would be something like, I just want them to realize what they've done. 
Like maybe that, that's, that's probably a little more of the innocent language. I just wish, I just want them to realize. I just want them to understand that they hurt me or, you know. And then they build from there. I, I just want them to apologize. Not only realize, but I want them to apologize. I want them to ask for forgiveness. I want them to say they're sorry or whatever. And then it, then it goes to another level. I, I want them to fail. And this is language, we, don't, we wouldn't really verbalize that, but what we'd do is we'd go on Facebook and we'd look just to see what they're up to and they went to Maui and now you're really angry, right? Because you really was ho- you were hoping to find like a compound fracture picture or whatever, you know, of like, you know, here's how my car got, you know, my car got stolen. You're just like, yes, you know, right? That's, that's, that's and again, we don't do that and I've heard of, churches where they had people in them that that did that kind of stuff so i'm just bringing it up because other people that go to our church will listen to the podcast uh, and they really need it and so uh and so it 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 these things begin to to go and so you're you're hoping they fail or or it looks like this sometimes you hear something bad maybe his wife left him and it was it like that feels kind of good because she finally saw him for how you've seen him all this time or what what have you this is, this is the festering anger. And then sometimes it gets to the point where I, I wish they were, were dead. And that's, that's harsh. But, but it has this process that if left unchecked, will begin to ruin you. And your heavenly father knows this. And your heavenly father also knows that unchecked anger is a lid to your relationships. You've probably met someone who's an angry person. They have outbursts of anger. They, they yell and all this kind of stuff, and you want to stay away from them. Or, or, or you probably know people who spend a lot of time at certain blogs about certain things, maybe politics or this kind of thing. And so you just know, do not talk about that particular uh, you know, uh, thing because they're going to get all crazy and uh, we don't want... Well, th- that's a lid to, the relationship, to a relationship. There are some people that you just don't want... You want to avoid altogether because they're just they're just angry people well the same is true for us as we can't control our anger our relationships can only go so far and here's the thing that god wants you to know this morning god wants you to have healthy relationships not only with him but with each other and anger gets in the way of that and um, the other thing to understand is that god wants you to be free from it but he knows that we're human, and humans underestimate or undervalue what we do to each other. So I, I will undervalue what I've done to you. I didn't mean it. It wasn't any big deal. But I overvalue what you did to me. You've seen this if you've ever had a sibling, and you've sat in the back car together, okay, and, and they brush along your leg, and then you slap them, and they're like, what did you slap me for? I just touched you. And then they hit you, and, it, and, like they, and then you're like, you, you know, he, Father, he struck me. You know, and then you go after them, and then soon there's this escalation, and there's this big brawl that just started with one, one little thing. Why? Because that one little thing was offensive, and now I overvalue it, and so I hit you, and then you see what I'm saying? Well, we do this all the time in, in, at work and at school and, and on television. I mean, we just over, when we feel hurt, we overreact. And so God knows this and he wants us to be free. So what we're going to look at this morning is a story in the Bible that's very famous. Um, And I'll just kind of set it up. When God created the heavens and the earth, however he did that, um, spoke it into existence, um, he created Adam and Eve, the first two people on the planet. 
And he created this beautiful garden. It probably looked a lot like our patio area does, okay? So very, very beautiful, very serene. And, uh, and he, they were to work the soil. They were to, um, you know, kind of tend to the earth. And that was their job. And, and it was really cool. God created them to have a relationship with them. As a matter of fact, there's one really neat verse in the Bible back in Genesis, and you really should read your Bible because there's tons of great stuff in there. Um, it says that God would come down and walk in the cool of the afternoon. Isn't that awesome? Can you imagine you're getting your donut out there at the patio, at the donut cart, and God's like, excuse me, I need to get a chocolate one or whatever. God would hang out with them. Like, I don't even know how that would work. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened. Did he take a physical form? But it was it's just awesome that, that the God of the universe creates these two people to have a relationship with them. And, and in order for a relationship, a healthy relationship to work, you got to have free will in there. And so God creates this one tree. And he says, don't, no touchy. No touchy that tree. Just, you can touch everything else. You can Touch each other, you could whatever, you just don't touch this tree, this one tree, okay? That was probably a little too much, but the point is that uh, uh, there's this one fruit, and if you eat it, you're going to know the knowledge of good and evil, right? Which doesn't seem like it would be that big of a deal. Like, okay, so we know the difference between good and evil, but, but I'll explain in a little bit why that's so critical and, and what, ha- what happened. And so, so they do. They, t- they, they, they eat the fruit, and, and, uh, and their eye, the Bible says their eyes are open, and they both see that they're naked. And so they make, it, it's, that's when the first manufa- manufacturing company started with clothing. And they just, you know, that's, that's the way it goes. Well, here's the thing. They had um, two sons right off the bat. Uh, Cain, who, who was the first one, and Abel. And so uh, it's not just a Jeffrey Archer book. It's actually t- from God to two people, and, um, and so the, we're going to look at their story, okay? Um, here's how it starts out. Now, Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil, and so, so there's this um, uh, idea that there's this division of labor already. Like, there's no reason. One's not better than the other. This is just what happened. It'd be like, you're a lawyer, I'm a pastor, you're, you know, whatever. They're just division of labor. There wasn't one's more important than the other. And so this is what they did. Abel kept the flocks, and Cain worked the soil. Now what happened was, in the course of time, Cain brought uh, some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to, to the Lord. Now, there's a couple things just to point out real quick. God didn't require this. There was no sacrificial system set up yet. This wasn't an offering to um, atone for any sin or whatever. It was just like Cain just made a little bag of groceries, like, like went into his field, and he kind of like set this thing up, and, and, and he gave it to God. God didn't require it and, it, and 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 it was just this gift, and I don't know if it was like setting out cookies for Santa, like, you, like I don't know if he just like put it in the middle of the garden and just like watched to see if God would come get it or whatever, but, but this is what he did. He offered this to God. Well, his brother, Abel, got the same idea, and maybe from Cain, maybe not, but the, his brother Abel decides to do it. And the Bible gives a little bit more um, description of Abel's gift. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. And so, so there's this idea that he, he, he's giving God like his best. 
And, and, and the firstborn, you have to understand, is important language because that was valued more than the secondborn, okay? That oftentimes the firstborn would be the healthiest, and you would use that as, as, a, um, uh, as a way to keep your herd, you know, as kind of a, well, I don't have the time to go into all the physiology of it, but uh, that one creates more, okay? And so um, God, he takes, he takes that one, and he takes the best part of it, and he leaves an offering for God. Now, here's the interesting thing. The Bible tells us that God looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain, his offering, he did not look with favor. Has this ever happened to you? Maybe at work? There's somebody working at work, and, and the boss likes them more than the boss likes you, and you work harder? And maybe, I mean, in school, if you, like, go to school, we might call it a teacher's pet, okay? Which I, I never was ever. Uh, but, uh, but we might call it teacher's pet, or, you know, playing favorites, you know, all, all this kind of stuff. And, 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 and have, doesn't, you kind of know how that feels when it's... Now, in my house, I'm the youngest, I'm the baby, and so um, I, I kind of was on the receiving end of that. My parents... Uh, loved me. And so, um, and so I would put that in the face of my, my brother and sister, and maybe that's what happened. Maybe Abel, as being a brother, okay, being a sibling, kept going, hey, so whatever happened to your offering there? You know, it's like, you know, what, what have you. My, when I got married, um, my family isn't really gift givers. Like, like, on my side of the family, we, we forget each other's birthday all the time. Like, all the time. So, my mom, my mom, okay, will call me a month after my birthday. Ah, oh, I can't believe it, I forgot your birthday. I'm like, yeah, there's been 48 of them, and you've forgotten most of them, okay? So that's just the way it goes. But, but, but we, don't hold, we don't get on each other's case, because I know that when October runs around, I think it's October, anyway, uh, I'm going to forget my mom's birthday, okay? And so we don't, we don't really make a big deal out of it, and we don't buy a whole bunch of gifts, and, and it's just not a, not a big deal. And at Christmas time, it's like, okay, whatever. See, now, what happens when you get married is that you go to another family that has none of the traditions that you had. And I happen to marry into a family that gift-giving is a big deal. Like, I remember one time I said, I made the thing, like, it's Christmas time, the economy's bad. Let's just not give gifts this year to each other. And it was like I said, hey, for Christmas, let's kill some puppies, okay? Like, let's, let's, just, let's just wipe out puppies from the, you know. It's like, it's like the look on their face was like, you, you're an evil, evil man. But it's just my family doesn't give gifts, okay? And so, and so, and so, but Lisa's family, it's a really big deal. Well, the way this kind of came about was they have this tradition that on Christmas Eve, um, you, you, we open stockings first, and, and it's kind of a big deal because um, her mom made the stocking, like knitted the stocking. And so and it has your name on it. And so it's really nice and it's really cool. And some of them have bells on them and stuff like this. It's just really nice stocking. Well, it's the job of the spouse to fill the other spouse's stocking. Okay, which is, which is fine. And so the very first uh, Christmas Eve... They, said, they told me the rules. You, you, you know, you get the stocking, you fill it up. That's your, you're filling up your spouses and they're going to fill up yours. And so I'm like, oh, sweet, good, done. So I filled, I filled, I filled up the stocking. I mean, I, I, it was technically mostly full. I mean, I'm a half, you know, 
full guy anyway, so half is full. Yeah, whatever. But anyway, so th- there it is. So they start out with, okay, let's hang, like let's display now what you've, what you've done. And so my brother-in-law, Brent, he's just like, He's just like taking his, right, for his wife. And it's, they stretch, like it was stretched out. Like this stocking was gigantic, just crammed full of presents. And I'm like, oh no, (laughs) right? Because I pull out mine, right? And it's like a little booty for a baby, you know? It's like, I got a candy cane in there. It's a chocolate kiss in there, like whatever. It's full, technically. And each person, and there's their name on it. So it's like Lee, that's Brent's wife. And it's just like, bam, and Leslie, and oh, man, all this thing. And it's like, Lisa, like this little thing. I felt horrible. I felt terrible. Okay, now I've changed, now I learned my lesson in the next year, I think I put like a Volkswagen in there, you know, whatever, but, 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 but that, that week, I think I felt like what Abel felt like when God, when you've got these two gifts and have you ever been to a, a birthday party or kids, when you go to a birthday party and you bring a present, what's the thing that's on your mind totally? It's like, how is my present going to measure up with someone else's present? And as they start opening presents, you're like, oh no. Mine is so stupid. I told my dad. Okay, right? It's like that's what you go through. This is, this is how Abel must have felt. That all of a sudden, it was being judged. Like I had this thing. And now, I'm not going to get into the theology of what actually took place and why God would look on favor on one. Or but here's, here's the question. What, what do you do with that? What do you do when you have that feeling? What do you do when you feel like, man, my thing was inadequate or, 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 or this person got recognition and I didn't get rec- recognized? I did all the work on that project. A lot of you kids, when you go to school and you have, you have um, like group projects and you've done like all the work because you can't get it a B, <laughs> you, you have to get an A, and then there's some knucklehead who's just like, I don't care what my grade is. You're like, but you're affecting my grade. Like, and then you get an A on it, and the kid's like, cool, thanks. You know? And you're like, that's not fair. What do you, what do, you do with that? Or, or maybe somebody in your career jumps ahead of you, and you're like, I've been at this company for years. How, what, what, do you, what do you do with that? Well, Cain, Cain handled it really poorly. Let me show you what it says. It says, so Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Like, you could physically see it. I mean, this could easily say, Cain marched into the house and slammed the door, but they probably didn't have a house back then, because there were really only four of them, and they couldn't really build a house. But, you know, but anyway, he slammed the door. You just see his face. He's just scowling or whatever your downcast face would be. That's the way he does it. He starts sulking. Now, just hold off right there. Just picture Cain with a sulky face, okay? And, and I want to teach you some Hebrew, uh, a Hebrew word that is important, not because it's Hebrew, but because um, this particular word is what everything hinges on this morning. And it's the word robots, okay? Or, hey, robot. No, no, it's uh, robots, okay? And it means to lie down, to stretch out. So, so I took a picture of my dog last night, this is my dog, Robots. Well, it's my dog, Mandy, but, but she is robotsing, okay? She is, 
lying down. She's stretched out. She's peaceful. She's calm. As a matter of fact, she has that weird thing. You know, dogs, like they sleep and their eyes are open, but they're all flipped back and they look like demon dogs. That, that was, that's what she's doing there. Her eye is like all jacked up. Oh, and the other thing about this that's awesome. See, see the little white on her nose? So uh, she got into the trash. <laughs> you know how dogs, when, you get, when they get into the trash and like you come home and they're just like, Looking off to the side, they're like, what? I don't, oh, there's trash there? What? I didn't even see that. I would have picked it up had I known you were coming home. But it's like, it's like there. Well, well, what made this even better was we had paint in the trash. And so the dog had this like paint around her snout. And so she's like, what? I didn't get into anything. What? You know, it's just like total, total thing. Anyway, this has nothing to do with the sermon. I just like the, the, the picture. But she, that's, that's, that's lying down. She's robots. She's calm. Matter of fact, let me show you some, some scriptures in the Bible that will really fill this term out a little bit, okay? It says this in Job. You will be secure because there is hope. You will look about you and take your rest in safety. So you, you kind of get the picture of what's going on. You will robots. You will lie down. With no one to make you afraid. That's, that's the word, is to lie down, to be, stretch out, to just be calm. Um, uh, Isaiah eleven six says this, The wolf will live with the lamb, the leopard will robots, will lie down with the goat and the calf and the lion and the yearling together, and the little child will lead them. You get this idea that you've got a lion and you've got uh, a wolf and you've got a leopard and a little kid, and it's just like calm and safety, and they're just, they're just chilling, okay? It's just, that's, that's the idea. It goes on, it says, the goat will feed with the bear, um, and their young will robots together, and the lion will eat uh, straw like the ox, okay? Um, here's a famous, very, very famous one um, that you probably know. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing or I shall not want. He makes me robots in green pastures. Just chill, just lie out. It's safety. God is my shepherd. I don't need to worry about a thing. And so that's the Hebrew word, and, and, and we'll see in a little bit why this is really, really important to understand and how it's going to help us get out of the cycle of anger. So here's, we're back at Cain again. He's upset, his face is downcast, and he's angry. Um, and matter of fact, the Bible says he's very angry, okay? And here's the question that God has for Cain, and it's the question that he has for you this week. And like we've said in weeks past, it's really important to answer the question. Again, not because he's trapping you, not because he wants to shame you, but because he wants you to get to the root of what's going on inside so that your relationship with him and your relationship with others can be shalom, can be, uh, have peace, can have universal flourishing. And so that's why in all these questions, it's really important to answer the question. And here's the question God had for Cain. Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Now, the way we'd answer this typically is to answer it. Well, they got the job and I, I, I deserved that. And to, to which God... You can even begin to understand kind of the conversation you would have with God as you begin to pour out your heart. God, I wanted that job and somebody took it from me. 
That's why I'm angry. And God would say something like, well, okay. What, what, why? What's so important about y- your career? Well, I, I want to move up. I want to get, you know, I want to I become more important. Uh, okay, I don't want to say that. I didn't say that. I want to, right? You start, begin to have this conversation with God. This is why I'm angry. I feel like something was taken from me. To which God might say something like, well, I, I'll take care of that. You don't, you don't need to strive. Well, this is my job. This is how I feed my family. To which God might say, oh, you feed your family? That's, that's your job? Like, you're, you're in control. You need to, you know, that's, that kind of language is going to kill you if, you if you think it's all on you. It's not. It's on me. And I will take care of your family. You can trust me. You, you, see, you, see, how that, you see how that happens? You know, it might be like, um, hey, this thing happened to me at school, and this is unfair. And God would say, well, let, let's, let's talk about that. Or I missed out on something. And God would say, I'm here that your joy would be made full. We, we, can, we, can, we can redeem that. And so, so he asked him this question. Uh, why are you angry, and why is your face downcast? And then Cain, it doesn't, we don't have any record of Cain actually answering the question. Um, and he probably said something like, it's fine, you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, uh, so in Genesis 4, 7, it says this. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Like, like let's just end this here. Let's not have this continue. Just do the right thing. If, it, if, it was, if I didn't look upon your offering as much as I did Abel's, then, then bring in a better offering next time or whatever it, it is. It's like, if just, but, but it needs to stop here. And then God says something to Cain that I think is so, so vital for us this week as we head into situations that might make us angry. Or as we begin to address areas in our life where we are already angry with people we're already angry with. Here's what God says to Abel. He says, if you do not do what is right, Sin is crouching at your door. You know, what, you know what image I get when I, when I see that crouching, that sin is crouching at your door? This is the image I get. Like, like if you don't get this handled, dude, you, one day you're going to walk outside and sin is just going to grab you by the neck and get you. Crouching tiger, hidden dragon, Right? Okay, I mean, it's like sin is crouching at the door, and, and, you're, and, and, and you get this, this idea that God's going, dude, you better be careful. It's, it's right there. It's going to get you. Do you know that's not the image? Sin is not crouching at the door like that. That word, sin, is robots. Sin is just lying down. Sin's comfortable with you. You've made sin feel at home. If you don't get that anger handled, sin will have no problem just kicking back. Now, this little dog, I'll tell you something about myself and then you can fire me. Um, uh, so my, this, this particular dog would run away and, um, and, and run and run across the street, okay? Just run across the street. And... Um, 
And so uh, I had to train this dog. Um, it's, it's like the sweetest, nicest dog in the world. But when she got out, she'd run across the street. Um, so um, I got a device, um, a training device uh, that would attach onto her neck um, that would persuade her gently um, <laughs> to listen to me. Okay, it, what it would do is when, when the dog would go a place that you, you, she wasn't supposed to go, I'd say stop, and it would give the dog a massage. And the dog would, yeah, these little gently little things that just kind of get right back, and then, and then she'd go, wow, that's really nice, and, and, and then she'd go. Now, the massage happened when she was about four feet off the ground once that thing said, okay, so. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I only needed it, like, for half a day. Like, the dog is smart, and, 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 and so now when I say stop, that dog stops and pees. But the thing is, it, it stops, okay? And that, that has saved my dog's life on many, many occasions, okay? So, but that's the thing, and then you could write me letters, and I understand. It's cruel and everything, but, but the dog's still alive, and the dog robots pretty much everywhere around the house. But here's the thing. If I were to tell you that story, you'd say... Well, oh, you have control over your dog. Um, well, let me tell you another story. Every morning at five in the morning, uh, the dog sleeps in a crate right next to our, our bed. And every morning at five in the morning, the dog takes the, its paw and goes bang, 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 bang on the on the crate. And it's five in the morning, and I'm like, uh, and, and this is what happens every morning at five in the morning. No, Mandy, that's what I say. No, Mandy. And I'll say it again. No, Mandy. Bop, 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 bop. No, Mandy. Bop, bop, bop. Okay. And then I open up the gate every morning, 5 o'clock. No, Mandy. No, Mandy. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then I take her out uh, to go tee la la. And then she comes back in. And I, I, I pick her up and I put her in bed with us every single morning. I do this. This is my routine. Now, she is completely in control of me. She wakes me up. She disobeys me twice, and then I take her out, and then I, and so she, I don't even know if she's like, no, Mandy, won't you, can we just cut that section out? Like, why do you, it, it always ends up in my favor. But see, I, 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 I have allowed the dog to robots to just, to take over. It feels comfortable around me. It knows, oh, you'll, you'll say no a couple times, but you're opening that gate, okay? So I, I, I'm going to win out. This is what we do with anger. When we allow it to hang out. When we allow ourselves to mull over situations in our mind about recalling what that person did. We are, we are making it comfortable to be there. We're, we're, not, we're, not, we're, just, uh, we're just rehearsing it. We're, if there's something that feels good about the justice of rehearsing those stories in our mind, when we go on Facebook and we look to hopefully that something's going bad with them and we get to see it, we, we, are, we are making sin comfortable with us. It's able to just stretch out. And we might say, well, okay, I shouldn't do that and I shouldn't do that, but then, okay, just like I do with my dog. Look what the Bible says. It says, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching, sin robots at your door, listen to this, watch this, it desires to have you. It it, it longs to be in control. But you must master it. 
You have to take control. You've got to shock it if there was a device for your anger, okay? You've got to take kind of drastic measures in order to not let this anger sit around. You know, if you find yourself getting angry all week, stop reading that blog. <laughs> like, just stop. Or, or you're making anger, you're, you're letting it just feel comfortable there. Stop watching that news station. Stop doing stuff to feed the anger. Get it, get it out of there. If it's somebody that's hurt you, stop going on their Facebook to make sure that their wife still left them, <laughs> right? Stop. You, you, you need, we, we need to be in control. This, um, this plays out in my life as well. I've had people hurt me, and the way it shows up in my life is I will be having, con- I think I've mentioned this before, I'll have conversations with them. They're not even there. Thankfully, because I'm usually in the shower, so it makes it really a bit better. But it's like, it's like I'll, I'll find myself driving, having a conversation with somebody that I haven't seen in years. That's robots. I'm allowing it to just stretch out. I'm just letting that story, I'm allowing the injustice to fuel me. I'm allowing to, to, to just kind of mull over this thing. You know what the Lord says? And you better, you better master this. It desires to have you. It desires to take over, and if you make it feel comfortable, it will. Have you met, maybe you struggle with it a little bit yourself, have you met people that they've been taken over by their anger? It's so sad. Here's what happened to Cain. Gets the idea, he tells his brother, hey, let's go out to the field. We'll throw, we'll throw some ball and some rocks, but, you know, come on out. And then it says, while they were still in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. He couldn't get over the anger. He was very angry and his face was downcast. And God came to him prior to him killing his brother and said, dude, watch out. You can't let the anger sit around. You got to get past this. If you do what's right, it'll be well, it'll go well with you. You're at a crossroads right now. I think God would say the same thing to us, even when our anger is justified. Do you know who had the most justifiable reason to be angry? Jesus. And while he was on the cross, stretched out after being spit upon and beaten, nails in his hands and his feet, Breathing his last breaths, he said, Father, forgive them. Because Jesus knew that's how you are set free. We're going to, as uh, Audra comes back up, we're going to take communion together. And um, if the ushers would come up and uh, they're going to take the communion to the sides and we invite anyone who wants to identify with the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus to partake of uh, communion. Um, but that's what we do when we take it. We identify with him. And so in doing so, we say, God, I, I'm identifying with Jesus right now. And so it, uh, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he, he took the bread, that he had a loaf of bread, and he blessed it and he gave thanks for it and he broke it. And he said, this is my body. Whenever you take and eat of this, remember me. 
And then he takes the, uh, the uh, cup and he th- gives thanks for that and he blesses that and he says, this is my blood which has been poured out for the remission of sins. Whenever you drink this, remember me. Here's what I'd hope. Audrey was going to lead us in a song and, um, and when you're ready, um, uh, you just come get up and you can take, take the, um, the, they'll give you the bread and the cup and you might want to come to the stage and just kneel there. You might want to take it back to your seat or whatever. But here's, here's what I would hope you'd do. As we identify with Christ's death, this morning I'd like us to identify with Christ's forgiveness. That if there's a person that's wounded you, and believe me, I know some of the stories and, 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 and there's deep, deep, horrific wounds. I understand that. But if you would allow God to just do a work in you this morning, Maybe you could say, I, I want to forgive him. I, w- I want this to be over. And that you identify not only with Christ's death this morning, but you identify with his forgiveness as well. Uh, I'm going to uh, pray for us. Lord God, as we partake in communion, we partake of uh, the remembrance of your death and Lord, this morning we want to be reminded that you are a God of forgiveness. And um, as we bring people to mind that uh, have harmed us, Lord God, we we want that miraculous sense of letting them off the hook the way you did while you were on the cross. So Lord, strengthen us for that. Um, We thank you that you love us enough to have us process this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.